Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99, and our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details. You are Locked On Magic, your daily podcast on the Orlando Magic. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is January 18th, 2017. My name, of course, is Phil Prosmerich. I'm the expert and site editor over at OrlandoMagicDaily.com. And we are finally at the end of this long road trip. Uh, the 11-day road trip has not gone according to plan. The Magic sitting at 1-4 in four with just one game remaining. We'll have a complete preview of that all-important game as the Magic take on the New Orleans Pelicans at 8 o'clock over at the Smoothie King Center in the Big Easy New Orleans, Louisiana, later tonight. And, of course, they'll be heading home. Uh, if you have not listened to them yet, uh, we started off this week with two big podcasts to to mark the middle of the season, and we're going to actually kind of, kind of continue that theme of midseason review. This is going to be kind of midseason review week. We'll have a few, uh, we'll have a few uh, more episodes talking about the first half of the season, more specifically, and, and what's going to happen moving forward. But if you, if you did not listen to the podcasts earlier this week, be sure to go back into the archives and listen to. Uh, Monday's episode where we were joined by Zach Oliver of Orlando Pinstripe Post. We discussed about we discussed the first half of the season and where the Magic go from here and and how they can how they play the rest of the rest of the season. And then yesterday's episode we chatted with Chris Barnwall of At the Hive and a good friend of the show and or fellow Orlando resident. And, and we chatted about how the Magic got into this situation overall. So we talked more broadly about the rebuild and, and and what direction, and not necessarily what direction the Magic should go, but how the Magic ended up with the season that they've had. Uh, two very interesting discussions, I thought. Um, you know, maybe they, they, you know, they're long conversations, but two interesting conversations, so I highly encourage you to go check them out. You can, of course, subscribe to the podcast on Audioboom, iTunes, TuneIn, and Stitcher. Any place that you download podcasts, essentially, you can find the Locked On Magic podcast, so be sure to go back and give those a listen. But like I said, today we're going to continue our best of our, our midseason review theme with, with two topics that I think are, are worth discuss, discussing, uh, what we learned from the first half of the season, uh, and uh, just my general thought after the loss to the Denver Nuggets on Monday, that this team just does not seem able to turn the corner. So we'll get to that in a little bit, but... We'll start today's episode with a look at tonight's game against the New Orleans Pelicans, a game that has some vital importance, I think, to the Magic. It's still January, and it's still a long way to go, but the Magic are four and a half, I think, games out of the playoffs. They're nine games under five hundred now, eight, eight or nine games under five hundred. You, you lose count after a while. And we kind of use this road trip as a... A measuring stick for the team. If you go back and listen to the archives again, and, and I'm, I'm pimping, I'm pimping my own my own product here a little bit. I don't mind doing that. If you go back and listen to the archives, you'll probably hear me say that the Magic probably are waiting until after this road trip to see if they can get things together, see if they can turn a corner, and see if they can push forward with this roster before they make a trade, perhaps a, perhaps a panic trade if you want to call it that, uh, but make a deal to try and get this team 
back into the playoff hunt. Um, obviously, that has not happened. So in order to salvage anything from this road trip, this is a, a, a one and four road trip, to get out of it two and four at least perhaps keeps your head above water and stems the tide a little bit. Um, builds on some momentum that maybe you built earlier in the road trip. Uh, I thought the Magic played very well against the Clippers, the Blazers, and the Jazz. I thought those were three straight games where they played really well. Uh, and then the Nuggets game, they struggled immensely. Well, I'll be touching on that in just a bit. But this is an opportunity to try and build some momentum or at least feel some semblance of, of, of momentum uh, as the team heads back home for another difficult part of their schedule, a difficult three-game homestand coming up with Milwaukee, Golden State, and Chicago coming into town before you go out on the road to finish out the month. Uh, obviously, time seems to be running out on this team, and you need some urgency, and I think this is the perfect time to do it. This is the perfect opponent to do it. New Orleans is no slouch. Yes, they struggled a lot at the beginning of the season when they had injuries, when Drew Holiday was out to be with his be with his wife. Um, they had their issues. The Magic caught them on a good night for them to catch them, actually. At the Amway Center back in, I think it was no, back in November, uh, the Magic squeaked out a win without Anthony Davis on the floor. Uh, and, and squeaking out a win, I think I remember at the time a lot of people said, oh, they squeaked out a win, that's not good, they need to be winning these games more emphatically, and... Yeah, you were, and and honestly, you were probably right to to say that even at the time. And certainly, looking at where the Magic are at now, that could have been a warning sign that they weren't quite together yet. But even then, at the time, I said, "Look, no matter what you think, I think, I think it was was that the eighty eight eighty two game? Uh, it was it was another it was one the Magic were not scoring points. Um, when even at that game, I was I was still thinking, okay, yes, it's a problem that they didn't blow this team out. It's a problem that they can beat this team pretty handily." But they did get out a win, and that does count for something. New Orleans is a completely different team than they were that that uh, Wednesday night or whatever night it was, Friday night it was. Um, the, the New Orleans is a completely different team now. The The Pelicans are... Did I say Hornets earlier? I hope I didn't say Hornets earlier. Um, the, the Pelicans are 27th in the league in offensive rating. That's that's about where they were last year. They actually have the same mark, 101.1, and technically the same record. 16 or 26 are the Pelicans. A 101.1 offensive rating... Uh, that so far this season, that's as that's as bad as the Magic, 27th, 26th in the league. Their defensive rating, though, is pretty solid. The Pelicans have turned into a very solid defensive team. 103.3 defensive rating for the season. That is 7th in the league. If the Magic were trying to, to use defense to be their bet to get into the playoffs, the Pelicans are actually doing it. Now, the Magic are four games out of the playoffs, but the Pelicans... The Pelicans are actually much tighter in the playoff race. The Western Conference playoffs are much lower as a much lower bar than the East uh, at, at this point, uh, and and the Pelicans have fought their way back into the playoff race. So this game is just as important to the Pelicans as it is to the Magic. The Pelicans right now are two games out of the final playoff spot. The Magic are four games out of the final playoff spot, and the Magic. And that both teams have about the same number of teams they have to climb. The Pelicans are eleventh uh, in the in the West. The Magic are twelfth in the East. So uh, both teams have some some got some. Both teams have ga- ground to gain and teams to climb over. But when it comes to the Pelicans, their numbers have changed dramatically in the last month since the calendar changed to to twenty seventeen. 
and I'm looking this up as as I'm typing here, as I'm talking, so excuse me if it sounds like I'm stalling because I absolutely am. The Pelicans' offensive rating has plummeted, 99.7. That's not very good. But their defense is 99.72. The defensive rating, 99.7 points allowed per 100 possessions. Third best in the league in January. This is not going to be an easy team to score on. Unless Anthony Davis does not play. In Monday's game against, uh, I don't even remember who they played. In Monday's game for the Pelicans, Anthony Davis took a really hard fall. And it appears that, and it doesn't appear, the Pelicans announced Davis is questionable for Wednesday's game. And obviously, Davis is a big part of what they do, both on the defensive end and on the offensive end. Davis is probably one of the still one of the 10, 15 best players in the league. He does change games, and the Magic missed him on the first trip. They may not, they may miss him again on, on this game, and, and that would be very, very lucky. The other thing you worry about when it comes to this game in particular, it's not about the opponent necessarily. And, and Pel- New Orleans is a great defense. The Magic have played some good offense of late. They're going to have to continue that against a very good defense. And and frankly, they did that against the, the Clippers. The Clippers have a 97.5 defensive rating. The Jazz, a 101.9. They're fifth since January 1st. The soft since January 1st. Clippers, best defense since January 1st. Jazz, fifth best defense since January 1st. Magic played well against played well offensively against both those teams. So, not all, the Magic are capable of doing it. But the big concern, more than worrying about Anthony Davis' health, more than anything the Pelicans do, the big concern in this game is to avoid the dreaded schedule loss. The Magic are coming home on a, on a, off of a long road trip, and that tends to be the game that you give up. That tends to be the game that you lose just because you don't have the energy. The Magic looked that way against the Nuggets on Monday, and that wasn't a good look. The Magic will have a lot of work to do to make sure that that doesn't happen in this this game. In fairness to the Magic, their last road trip, their last road trip, the final game of that road trip, they had a very strong performance. They gave up 52 points to John Wall, but their offense woke up really for the first time in, in the whole season, or at least since the Oklahoma City game, and tore up Washington's defense and, and won that game running away. Of course, that game was also, I, I think most of us would say, the turning point to the season when the defense really started to to let go of the rope and, and struggle. Uh, but that was the last game of a long road trip. So it is possible to win this game. This team has shown that it can do it. But like with so many things, what this team shows and what this team actually does are two completely different issues. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99, and our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details. And that's going to get us into our first half recap of the day, what the first half of the season taught us about the Orlando Magic. There are a lot of things that we can talk about for sure, uh, and that is, and they range on so many different things. I think the number one thing that we probably learned in the first half of the season is this team is, you can't just put two rim protectors on the floor and assume you're going to have a good defense. It takes a little bit more than that. Yes, 
Bismack Biombo by Defensive Box Plus Minus has had a fantastic year defensively. Yes, Serge Ibaka, by his defensive metrics, is at least even with where he was last year. And while he's not the elite defender he once was, he's still a very good defender. Yes, Nikola Vucevic has improved and become a solid defender. Maybe not a great defender, but certainly passable. I don't worry about Nikola Vucevic on the defensive end anymore, except in pick and rolls. Aaron Gordon has emerged as a a true perimeter stopper. I mean, what he did to James Harden a few uh, a week ago was is still incredible to me. And, and while I, and honestly, I thought he did a very good job on CJ McCollum on Friday too, holding him down and making his life very difficult for forty eight minutes. These are good defensive players. Alfred Payton has gotten back to where, at least statistically, has gotten back to where he was his rookie year. Yet, the pieces do not fit together. This team does not seem to work cohesively defensively. And I think that was obviously a a major miscalculation because that's what this whole season was based off of. That this team would be a defensive juggernaut. And clearly, they're not. The statistics support that. They're in the bottom 10 in the league in defensive ratings since since December 1st. They're about league average in defensive rating for the entire season, but slightly below league average uh, for defensive rating for the entire season. So obviously, the Magic's bet on defense did not pay off. And why it hasn't paid off is is a huge mystery. Uh, you know, the Serge Ibaka-Bismack-Biombo combination is giving up more than uh, 110 points per 100 possessions. or it feel, I think it's, it used to be that way. And so while individual players seem to have played better, seem to have played at a higher level defensively than maybe they, they have, or at least are giving individually good defensive efforts, it hasn't worked together as a team. There's been enough mistakes to cause a lot of problems for this team. And, and to me, it's less about the rim protection. It's more about the perimeter defense. Alfred Payton still struggles with pick and rolls. Uh Evan Fournier has struggled a lot on the defensive end this year. There's, there's no doubt about it. He wasn't a, a fantastic defender last year. Uh, he was good. He was passable. And generally, he's been passable, but he hasn't been fantastic. Bismack Biombo uh, and, and to some extent, Serge Ibaka overplay for blocks. And it leaves the backside open, so they give up offensive rebounds. They give up a lot of points in the paint because they're giving up penetration and no one's diving in to help the helper. It's less about individual assignments, almost. And more about the team assignments. And it's it's a... The, the thing we've learned is this group has not come together fully as a team yet. Or bought into the strategies and executed them at a high level. Not consistently, at least. And that's been one of the big things that we've watched this season. Is the Magic's defense just hasn't delivered at the level that everyone expected it to at the beginning of the season. Another thing we've learned... Uh, I think this year that that, that's, that that is important is Aaron Gordon is not Paul George. I think, and, and I think, and not so much that he's not Paul George, because I think we all knew that. But I think the thing we've learned is there are things Aaron C- Gordon can do as a three, but perhaps he's not ready to do them completely, if that makes sense. I think at the beginning of the season, the Magic ran Aaron Gordon like the three was his natural position. Like he didn't have to make any adjustments. Like he didn't have to uh, change very much about the way he plays to play that position. And the Magic struggled and Gordon struggled because of it. 
They ran a lot of pick and rolls for him, and, and he just was not efficient in the pick and roll. He wasn't good at running that pick and roll. They've scaled him back a lot now. They brought him off the bench for a little while. They scaled back his responsibilities. They tried to find ways to create more space for him. And I think what's happened now is he has begun to feel more comfortable playing the three. Like everyone else on this team, it's not consistent. He'll have nights where he doesn't shoot the ball well. Monday was a perfect example of that. But then you'll have nights like against the Clippers where he drops 30, and it looks very, very natural for him to do so. I think it took Frank Vogel a while to, to realize he needed to scale back those responsibilities. And Gordon right now, his role in the offense is make a quick make quick decisions. Don't hold the ball. Don't stand. If you can attack, go and attack. If you can get a shot, get a shot. But otherwise, move the ball. Don't try and do too much. Don't stand there dribbling the ball too much. Don't try and do crazy dribble moves. Attack quickly, shoot quickly, or move the ball quickly. That's generally good advice for for any basketball player. But Gordon isn't quite a one-on-one player, and and his shot is really inconsistent. But I think the big thing that we've learned about Aaron Gordon this year is that he does have the potential to be a small forward. This experiment was not for nothing. And it's probably something the Magic should have been doing the last two years. Not maybe to the extent they've done it this year. I think the Magic are purposefully not playing at the four when there are opportunities to do so because they're trying to limit his responsibilities to some extent. That's that's how I would describe it. They're, they're limiting his responsibilities. Trying to keep things simple for him. And so while Gordon hasn't taken maybe the leap of consistency on the offensive end, especially that everyone expected him to, I think in the first half of the season, he's shown enough offensively to make this experiment at the three continue. To say, there's something there, let's let it play out a little bit longer. And that's especially because on defense, Aaron Gordon provides an elite level of perimeter defense. And, you know, I, I, I've i gotten in this argument with plenty of people online, and I'm sure it's going to continue. Everyone will simply say, you've got to play him at the four. He's a four. You got to play him at the four. I think playing him at the four, and, and I'm, I'm sure I said this on Monday's podcast with Zach Oliver because uh, we discussed this a little bit. Playing him at the four uh, eliminates his best NBA skill. Unless you have, like I've, I've been preaching this for a while, unless you have an offensive player who can play the three on offense and the four on defense. Because Gordon at the three on defense is far too valuable to give up. And while you have Serge Ibaka playing the four, and I don't, and, and, and we can discuss small lineups with Ibaka at the five on another day, while you have Ibaka playing the four, you need him on the perimeter. And, and I think, again, this experiment is worth continuing. That's the big thing that I've learned, is that this isn't crazy. I thought it was crazy at the beginning of the year. It isn't crazy. It's something that, that can, in fact, work. The last thing I want to talk about that 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 we learned perhaps uh, this season, this the first half of the season, is the Magic's depth isn't quite what we thought it was. Uh, we thought when Orlando made all these signings that they they got a little bit deeper, that that they felt confident with a second unit uh, that could maintain leads and maintain that maintain deficits, and that hasn't been completely true. Frank Vogel made a lineup change to try and 
balance the lineups a little bit more. Taking Alfred Payton and Nikola Vucevic out of the lineup when he did was done to balance the lineups and ensure that their bench was productive. But the unfortunate thing is Mario Hazonia has not lived up to expectations. Uh, The unfortunate thing is Jeff Green has been what Jeff Green is. The Magic starters have had their own struggles of cohesion. They haven't really come together particularly well. Uh, And so... They'll have their moments where they're struggling and, and, and they're the five best players on the team. So, the Magic's depth has not quite been what they hoped for. And I think that's been a big detraction from the season as well. Uh, and a big reason why the Magic have struggled to to gain their footing. Um, you know, they, they, they can't seem to find the right rotation uh, Vogel hasn't necessarily done a good job staggering minutes. I think he, he suggested that might be something he does with this new starting lineup right now uh, because the second unit has struggled so much. Um, Bismack Biombo has been hit or miss uh, you know, in, in ways that we expected and in ways that we didn't expect. Um, his, again, his, his defense has been good at times and, and not good at times, and, and I think that's something that, that we didn't, didn't anticipate uh, when, we, when we started projecting out this season. Uh, and so those are those are three three takeaways from the first half of the season. Uh, three things to to think about now as we move into the second half of the season. We're already a few games into that, uh, and uh, figuring out what happens next for the Magic as well, and and how to make this team uh, just even a tiny bit better. But the big statement, the big, uh, I guess it's takeaway from the from the whole first half of the season is the Magic's inability to be consistent. To play the same way one game into the next. I sit here every night trying to think, are the Magic going to win this game? If you ask me, are the Magic going to beat the New Orleans Pelicans? And my answer is typically going to be, I do not know. I have, I, I, you know, I have ideas. I have inklings. I mean, I sat there that Friday night when the Magic played the Rockets, and I was like, I think the Magic are gonna gonna give them a run this time. You just don't know. You just really don't know. I mean, I've joked at one point that the Magic have a bad week and a good week. And it's been, lately it's been bad game, good game. And Denver was a bad game. And so I, I can't imagine what it's like for the coaching staff to, to, to feel this way. But as a fan, as an observer, it's so hard to say what Magic team's going to show up. And it becomes even more frustrating when you see the team doing good things and then just dropping the ball in an, in an embarrassing fashion. I'll take the last four games as an example, as I said. The Magic got embarrassed against the Los Angeles Lakers to start this road trip. There's a lifeless effort. Team looked like it was suffering from jet lag, which is not good. Like that's a uh, that's not a good look for the team. That was, a, that was the most winnable game on this road trip. It would have gotten the team off to a good start. It would have built off, again, the momentum from Friday's loss to the Houston Rockets where they played a decent game. 
And so the Magic go from that. They play with energy the next night out against the Clippers. Two days, three days later. But against the Clippers, they play with energy. Their defense looks good for the most part. Their offense looks good for the most part. And they get beat by a better team at the end of the game. No shame in that loss. It's You don't like it. You don't, you're not happy about it. But no shame in that loss, especially without Serge Ibaka playing. And so they carry that forward. They carry that momentum forward into Friday's game against the Portland Trailblazers. Their offense is rolling. Nikola Vucevic is dominating. They take a 17-1 lead. Even though they give that lead up, they still have control of that game. It never felt like Portland... I mean, it felt like Portland could win that game. Don't get me wrong. It never felt like Portland had control of that game. It always felt like Portland was the one fighting uphill. And the Magic played really good defense that day. Statistically, they gave up 105 points per 100 possessions to a team that's scoring 108 points per 100 possessions. They held one of the best offenses in the league to below their average and to the Magic's defensive rating average. It was the Portland game. The Portland win was a great win for the team. And it was the kind of win you can build some momentum off of. They took that that play over the Clippers and played well against the Blazers. It looked like they were building some momentum finally. And then Saturday against Utah Jazz, they played another pretty good game until the final two minutes. To the final two and a half, three minutes of the game. They jumped the Jazz for a 42-29 lead. They, they, 42 points against that, that defense is incredible. Alfred Payton was dominating that defense. The, one of the best defenses in the league. And again, there's no shame in losing to Utah. But the Magic played a good game. They played with energy. They generally stuck to stuck to the game plan. Their defense was was solid until it wasn't. And who knows what the after effects of that 13-0 run were. The Jazz go on a 13-0 run, turn a 5-point deficit into an 8-point lead and win that game. Who knows what the effect was heading into Monday's game against the Denver Nuggets. But almost certainly the Magic did not show up against the Denver Nuggets on Monday. And they did not show up in a way that frustrates. This wasn't the team losing a close game. If you lose a close game, so be it. Losing a close game to the Clippers, losing a close game to the Jazz... You don't like losing, and I, I agree with Alfred Payton. It's January. It's not the time for moral moral victories, and I'm not calling for moral victories and to celebrate moral victories here. This, these are losses. These, these count. But in trying to build momentum and build confidence, you have to keep spinning it forward. And a loss like Monday's loss to the Denver Nuggets where the team got beat up, never really seemed to have a chance to win the game, came out without any energy. Frank Vogel, I think, did his first line change of the year. Uh, Bismack Biyombo was already in for Nikola Vucevic for foul trouble, but every other starter got pulled midway through the second half, uh, or midway through the first quarter, and 
the Magic bench saved that game, got them got them going again uh, to make that a game in the first half. But they give up a 6-0 run to end the first half. Denver comes out guns a blazing in the third quarter, and that was that. It was a 13-point 13 13 point margin of victory for the Nuggets. That game was not that close. The Magic got beat up and embarrassed defensively against, against a good Denver Nuggets team. Don't get me wrong. They're a good team. Uh, but the Denver Nuggets are a team that, that, in record at least, is equal to the Magic. There was no reason for Orlando to play without energy, without effort, without intention. Leaving observers, leaving us, with questions about why does this keep happening? Why can't the Magic play with a strong effort every night? Because if they, if they could... I mean, I think we saw in December with how inconsistent they were through December. They finished 500 in that month. This is probably something close to a 500 team if they could just get on the same page for more than a few days, if that. So the phrase that I use to describe this is it just feels like every time it, feel, every time it seems like the Magic are about to turn a corner, every time they seem to take a step forward, they come back with a performance where they take two steps back. And if you do that enough times, you end up with a record like the Magic's. You end up well below 500, like the Magic are right now. And most importantly, you end up out of the playoffs. And if the Magic don't change this part of them, this, this, this trend that happened throughout the first half of the season where they couldn't string together consistently good games, even in defeats, even in, you know, even losing two good teams, playing well. If you play well, more often than not, you're going to win. If this team plays well, more often than not, it's going to win. I have every faith in that. They've shown it time and time again that they can do it. And if the second half of the season is going to have any meaning, if they're going to make a push and convince management not to make a trade more than anything else, they're going to have to bring it every night. And it may not mean they win every game. No one's expecting that. But they've got to bring it every night and show an identity, you know, and, and show some pride a little bit. I want to thank everyone again for listening to the Locked On Magic podcast. Again, I highly encourage you to go back into our archives and listen to our past two episodes uh, from Monday and Tuesday where we chat with Zach Oliver of Orlando Pinstripe Post about the first half of the season a little bit more in depth. Uh, and then also chat with our good pal Chris Barnwall of At The Hive uh, about uh, how the Magic got to where they are now. Uh, so good perspectives from the first half of the season in those two episodes. We'll continue providing some first-half review here on the Locked On Magic podcast throughout the week. Don't forget the Orlando Magic take on the New Orleans Pelicans tonight, 8 o'clock on Fox Sports Florida. I believe Dante Marcatelli will be uh, on the broadcast once again. Uh, uh, Our thoughts and prayers are still with our good friend uh, David Steele uh, of Fox Sports Florida, uh, who's with his family right now mourning the death of his father. Uh, We're still thinking of you, David, and and your Magic family is, is here uh, whenever, whenever you're ready to return, we 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 can't wait for it. But uh, we're we're here mourning with you for for your loss. We 
I, we certainly feel like we've lost someone in our family a, as well. Uh, that'll do it for today's show. Uh, for Orlando Magic Daily, for Lockdown Magic, this has been Philip Rossman Reich. We will see you again on another episode of Locked On Magic. You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando Magic podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99, and our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details.